0: In this episode, we continue our series entitled For the People in the Back. Pastor John Mark Caton talks about when Christians disagree. A perfect example of disagreement in the Bible is between Paul and John in Acts 15 35 41. John Mark Caton teaches from this passage today and also gives us four steps to help relieve divisions between fellow Christians. Now let's agree to listen to John Mark. I want to invite you to look in God's Word, and I want to talk to you about something uh, today that um, that's just kind of interesting to me. And as I've been studying, uh, and we've been going through the book of Acts this weekend, on this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, uh, we'll be in Acts chapter 6 and Acts chapter 7 uh, as we look at the next phase of uh, let's go, man, let's go for the gospel. Uh, but if you jump forward to Acts chapter 15, which is where we'll be here in a few minutes, Uh, It's kind of interesting that things aren't always as they seem or things aren't always as we wish they would be. And so, what do you mean? Well, let's, let's just look at a few verses, and then we'll talk about our topic for the day. Uh, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to put it on the screen for you. Uh, if you want to go to Acts 15, we'll end up there. If you want to go there. Acts chapter, uh, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Uh, here's what it says. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord, that's a good thing. Strive for full uh, restoration encourage one another, listen to this, be of one mind and live in peace. Everybody say, be of one mind and live in peace. All right, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. All right, let me go to another verse. Colossians chapter 3, verse 14, here's what it says. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Everybody say perfect unity. All right, first verse, be of one mind, live in peace. Second verse, binds us together in perfect unity. Here's Romans chapter 12, okay? So now notice, we're in our third church. We've been in Corinthians, we've been to Colossae, now we're in Romans. Romans chapter 12, verse 16, says, live in harmony. Everybody say harmony. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, uh, but willing to associate with people of low position. Do not uh, be conceited along the way. So here we go. Uh, We have so far be of one mind, live in peace live in perfect unity in Colossae Romans live in harmony now let's go to Ephesus what are we supposed to do if you're in the Ephesian church here it is Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3 live in harmony there's that word again with one another do not be proud but be willing to associate with people of low position and do not be conceited so here it is live in harmony now okay well let's go to another church let's go to Philippi how about this um Philippi Philippians chapter 2 verse 2 it says then make my joy complete by being like-minded everybody say like-minded like-minded having the same love being of one spirit and of one mind so it's kind of interesting how many of you believe it's really really important uh, that we would live in harmony and unity with one another how, how many of you believe it's really, really important when you look at uh, Corinthians and, and, and Philippians and uh, just uh, Romans, what Paul says, that we would not only live at peace with one another, have harmony one there, there wouldn't be disagreements among us. How many of us know that? That's kind of the call, right? That's kind of the call. Um, but it's kind of interesting. Does anybody know who wrote all of those letters? Paul. Can anybody think of a disagreement that Paul had? Huh? Acts chapter 15. With Barnabas. He gets in a big old spit fight with Barnabas. As a matter of fact, we're going to look at it here in a second. We're going to read it. And it says, in the original language, it was no small dispute. Well, which is it? Are we supposed to live in harmony with one another? Or are we supposed to fight? Now, When we look at this passage what i want to do today is give you some principles to disagree about and when you do disagree more importantly give you some principles to live out because we're going to see that paul and barnabas have a legitimate disagreement they have a legitimate disagreement And in this disagreement, we're going to see pretty clearly that what they disagree about are pretty big things. But both are good things. It's just, where's your focus? What we're going to read here in a few seconds is that Paul wants to preach the gospel message, and he doesn't want to be hindered. How many of you think that's a pretty big deal? Preaching the gospel, don't want to be weighed down. Barnabas cares about a person who fell by the wayside and wants to give them a second chance. How many of you think, as Christians, a second chance is a pretty big deal? Right? That's the disagreement that we're going to see. And listen to this. When you read it, and it says it's no small dispute, it means everybody that watched this fight knew it was happening. It wasn't subtle. It wasn't sly. They weren't stabbing each other in the back. They were pretty much screaming at each other. But what we're going to see here is once they got the disagreement out, they did some things that ultimately became better for the gospel because of it. And see, that's what should happen. If you and I ever find ourselves in disagreement with another brother in Christ or a sister in Christ, Uh, that you and I need to apply these principles and say, you know what? We're just not gonna agree on this thing. But it's not the main thing. And let's see how God wants to use it. But the worst thing that could happen, let me tell you what, if all that happens in this point, from Acts chapter 15, uh, verse 36 to 41, if all that Paul and Barnabas do is start looking at each other and screaming at each other and stabbing each other in the back, There is no more book of Acts. But instead, they make a decision to agree to disagree. And then go on with the gospel. And it's going to be interesting. The dispute is over a guy named Mark, who is also called John Mark. And we're going to see here in a few minutes when we go through these principles, when we get to the end of Paul's life, guess who's there with Paul at the end of his life? A dude named John Mark. So it turns out that Paul at the end of his life is grateful that a dude named Barnabas cared enough to give a dude named John Mark a second chance. Because we're going to read here in a few seconds, at the end of his life, Paul says, I'm here with this dude, everybody else has left, and John Mark. The dude they fought over right here. So let's read it. It's just kind of a fascinating story. We know that the call, right, live at peace as much as possible. So here's what it says in Acts chapter 15, verse 36. It says, sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back. Now, let me give you the context of Acts chapter 15. Here's what happened. Is that Paul and Barnabas are out preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. Okay, to the Gentiles. Uh when they were preaching the gospel of the Gentiles, that meant that these Gentile converts, they weren't circumcised, right? Uh, they, they, they weren't uh, familiar with the Jewish uh, customs and laws, uh, uh, the Jewish dietary system. They weren't kosher, Right. And so what was happening is these Gentiles were getting saved, which is exactly who Paul was called to, to preach the gospel. And what was happening is Jewish believers were going to these Gentiles that Paul and Barnabas had led to the Lord and started heaping weights on their shoulders and saying, you know, kind of like walking into, let's say, let's say that we were all a bunch of dudes that were of adult age like we are, and, and Paul comes through town, he preaches a gospel message, and we're all saved. All right? We're all Gentiles. And then Paul moves on down the road. And says, man, stay faithful to God's word. Then another dude comes in. You're all Gentiles. Another dude comes in and says, man, I hear that y'all have trusted Christ as Savior and Lord. Here's what we need to do. We need to circumcise all you dudes. I've got my Flint rock right over here. Start the line. How many of you are fired up? Go read the early part of, of Acts 15. That's exactly what happened. And so immediately after, after this started happening, these guys said, oh, and by the way, you can't eat that stuff that you've been eating. But mainly, we're gonna start with uh, the, uh, the circumcision. Line starts here. Well, what happened? Immediately, someone in the back, Shane, got up, ran and said, somebody go find Paul, all right? He didn't mention this part of the gospel, right? And so what happens is Paul and Barnabas are sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel. They hear about it. They go back in Acts chapter 15 to the head of the church and said, whoa, 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 guys. We're out here preaching the gospel. And somebody rolls in and starts adding things to it for the Gentiles. And so Paul and Barnabas go back. To say, let's get this straight. And if you go read the early part of Acts chapter 15, uh, the elders of the church back in Jerusalem said, "Listen, we're not going to put a bunch of weight on you. Here's what we encourage you to do: uh, you know, abstain from sexual immorality. Make it very sharp, right? Abstain from sexual immorality. You don't have to eat uh, eat, eat eat the Jewish dietary way. Uh, you don't have to eat kosher from here on out. You don't have to be circumcised. And you know, you can know all the Gentiles will woo, right?" And so they get that settled now paul and barnabas are ready they've gone back they've settled the issue and basically paul and barnabas is saying man don't send a bunch of legalists out here to to heap a bunch of coals and hardships on these new gentile believers And, and so now paul and barnabas are ready to get back on the road doing what they're called to do sharing the gospel and so that's where we drop it in right here so it says Sometime later, Paul and Barnabas, uh, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go. Let's go. Right. That's why I wore this shirt today. Let's go. Uh, Let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Look at verse 37. Barnabas wanted to take John, who is also called Mark, with them. Look at verse 38. But Paul did not think it was wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia uh, and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left and commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, uh, strengthening all the churches. So here's what you have. Paul and Barnabas both know that their ultimate call is to do what? Preach the gospel. They just disagreed about who they took and where they were going. And that word, sharp disagreement, guys, they had a sharp disagreement. And probably the disagreement went something like this. Paul says, why would you want to take him? He quit on us the first time. And Barnabas said, do you not believe in second chances? And in Acts chapter 15, my guess is Barnabas looked at him and said, are are you familiar at all with Acts chapter 9? Where Jesus showed up to you after you've been a persecutor of the church, when you should be in hell, and all he did is left a missionary journey. And Paul would say, yeah, but remember, he was supposed to do this, and remember how much harder it was for us to get to the next city when the person who was supposed to be supporting us and carrying our supplies? And so they have this sharp disagreement. All right, And here's the interesting thing, and we still see it sometimes in churches. There are some people that are very, very message-centered when it comes to the gospel. It's all about the gospel. It's all about the message. And there are other people that are very, very man-centered. I want people to have a second chance. Can I tell you, God wants both of those kind of people in the church, right? But I want you to know, you never choose one to the total exclusion of the other. You never only focus on man so much and a second chance so much that you leave out the gospel and don't ever 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 focus on the gospel so much that you leave out the needs of men and so guys as we journey forward we're going to look this i want to show you some principles that'll help us all understand when you disagree how you should disagree and and let me tell you this um Most of what I see in churches does not rise to this level of disagreement. This is a significant disagreement. You've got a man who wants to give another man a second chance, that's important. You've got another man who wants to preach the gospel to those who haven't heard, that's important. These two things are highly, highly important. I will tell you whether we sing hymns or worship choruses is not a legitimate disagreement, especially when you put it in perspective of this. We've got to make sure we keep the main things the main things. When it comes to are we people-centered or message-centered, we need to be both. But sometimes we are going to have legitimate disagreements. We're supposed to do everything we can to live in unity. So so let me just give you a couple of principles as you think through this. Principle number one, you might want to write this down. Uh, We all worship the same God, but we don't always agree on every point. We all worship the same God, but we do not all agree on every point. That's just the way it is here. I guarantee you it would not take us long, how many of you know this, for us to start asking some questions, me to start asking some questions uh, about your faith and the faith, and we can divide up. If I started asking some questions about the second coming, how many of you believe that some of y'all probably have some different opinions on the second coming, right? Uh, Some of y'all want to stay here and go through the tribulation, and God bless you, I can't (laughs) wait to watch from heaven. And I'm going to look down going, I told you so. You should have taken the early flame, right? You know, we can disagree about music, a lot of things. I just begin to write down some things that have been disagreements. We don't disagree over, we don't agree on everything. We should live in unity. Some disagreements since I've been the pastor at the church that, um, that have been disagreements that have been brought to me uh, that, uh, that could have been significant had we focused on. One, the issue of drinking. Do you drink wine or not? Do you drink wine or not? Our philosophy is here, you know, listen, if you want to drink, that, that's your call. Clearly it says do not be addicted to much wine. So if you're in the habit of going around getting drunk, that is a sin, all right? But I'm not going to sit here. If you want to have a glass of wine with your wife, that's not my issue, right? Uh, here's another one. Uh, it's some TV shows when they would come out, people would want us to get stirred up. Hey, pastor, you're going to tell the kids to stop watching this. You know, that's a parenting job. Um, let's see. Music has always been a big deal. Uh, early in the days here, uh, we, we went on a student ministry camp early uh, in our days, and some of the kids at student camp played cards, and some of the senior adults heard they played cards, and ca- came to me and said, "You know, we our, our kids went to student camp, and some of them played cards. And how many of you knew that some for some people that's a sin, right? Playing playing cards, sin. A uh, Christmas trees. How many of you know Christmas trees can be a big point of contention in, in a church?" And, and they'll go to some a passage back in Ezekiel uh, where in uh, Ezekiel it says they chopped down trees and made idols to them and bowed down and worshiped to worship them. And people will say, well, you know, if you bring a church in the tree, uh, if, you, if you bring a tree in the church, you bring a, that'd be a big tree. Uh, if you bring a, a Christmas tree in the church, that's what you're doing. How many of you have ever heard that argument? Okay, that's a real argument. If you've never heard that argument, let me tell you what, that is a real argument. And let me tell you my response. You are right. If we chop down a tree and we make an Asherah pole out of it, we put it over here and we encourage our people to go bow bow down to this tree and pray to the tree, then you are correct. We have created an idol. Other than that, we're just following a long-standing Christian tradition that goes over to Germany where you light up the tree, and that's all we're doing. Now, I will promise you, listen to this. How many of you enjoy the Christmas trees we have around Christmas around here? I will tell you this. If you want to get rid of them, all you have to do is let me see you. I'll come out of worship sometime. If y'all are gathered around the Christmas trees, bowing down to them on your hands and knees... You will never see a Christmas tree in this church again, ever, 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 all right? But there were people, I'm telling you, guys, when I first came to this church years ago, there would be some people, in the same people, they would spend hours complaining to me about it. A Christmas tree this, and a Christmas tree that, and I'm saying, as soon as we bow down, we'll get them out of here. Uh, music was a big deal. Uh, divorced people, they always a big deal when, when someone who had been through a divorce could they serve in the church or not? I mean, there was a question early on when I was over in the Fairview days, a divorced dude started becoming an usher at our church. And someone brought it up to me. And I was like, really? That's, that's what we're gonna do? Is God, testimony of God's grace, God, something that happened to him a long, long time ago and he can't even usher people into their seats? Uh, thank God we're not there. Um, you know, obviously politics have been a big deal. Uh, man, a couple of years ago, we started to celebrate recovery. Celebrate Recovery, uh, help self-help way of getting yourself biblically through the 12 steps of recovery. There's some people that had a problem with that. Didn't think the church should be involved in that kind of thing. And I'm like, listen, you know, please, if, if you don't want to go, don't go, right? But don't keep us from helping some other people. Um, you know, obviously, music has been, been an issue. Uh, hand clapping in church has been an issue. Raising your hand in church. How many of you, when you worship, raise your hand in church? How many of you just, hey, this is okay. How many of you don't raise your hand? All right. Uh, you just did, so it is okay. And you, and, and you won't die. Just FYI, you won't die if that happens. All right. But I will tell you, you in, in, in Cottonwood Creek, you're just free to be you. If you're a clapper, clap. All right. Just clap at the right time, like when I'm preaching, uh, not when Bo's preaching, uh, but raise your hand. If you want to raise your hand, raise your hand. Man, just, just do. be free to be you. That's who we want to be. Um, let's see if there's anything else. that i I, just, I made a whole list of different things. Christian counseling. I can tell you, when we first put counselors on our website, there were some people that, boy, they don't like the idea of Christian counseling. There's no such thing as Christian counselor. Someone just needs the Bible and prayer and Sunday school. And I'm like, I know who your kids are. (laughs) I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm sitting here looking at the person going, you've been here since the first day I came. Your kids have never donned the door of this church. Don't tell me what people need. So anyway, these are things we disagree over. I will tell you, none of those rise to the level of this. Can I tell you that? None of those rise to the level of this. All right. But if you want to disagree, the principles still matter. Listen, principle number one, we all worship the same God, but we don't always agree on every point. Here's principle number two. Sometimes deep personal convictions can lead to sharp personal divides. Sometimes deep personal convictions can lead to sharp personal divides. Back again how many of you think sharing the gospel is important? How many of you think giving a due to second chance is important? We should all raise our hands on both of those issues, right? So this is, a, this is the recipe right here for a deep divide over personal conviction. Barnabas had a personal conviction. I want to give John Mark a second chance. Paul had a conviction I don't want anything to slow me down from sharing the gospel in the next town, in the next city. Let me tell you what, those are two passionate and good personal convictions, right? And so sometimes that's principle number two. Sometimes deep personal convictions lead to sharp personal divides. And if that's the case, we want to do exactly what it says in this passage. Let's decide what we're going to do and say, let's go. If you want to give somebody a second chance, let's go. If you want to go to the next city and share the gospel, let's go. That's what we should always be about. If you go back look at verse 37, here was the disagreement. Barnabas wanted to take John, John also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it was wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they ultimately parted company. So here it is, this deep personal conviction that Barnabas had to give John Mark a second chance and this deep personal conviction that Paul had to not be slowed down in sharing the gospel caused a sharp divide. So here's the next question: Who was right? Who was right? Exactly. This is one of those uh, this is one of those times. It's one of those decisions that happens that they were both right. Giving some dude a second chance is a good thing. Preaching the gospel to people who haven't heard is a good thing. So how do we respond? Well, let's look at principle number three. It is better to stop fighting than to keep on fighting. The best thing you can do is follow your personal conviction and continue to do God's work. See, the worst thing that can happen is these two studs in the faith stand there in a spit fight for the next eight chapters of the book of Acts doing nothing and John Mark's not helped, and the gospel isn't preached, right? So guys, if you ever find yourself in a disagreement, understand, your personal conviction might be right, and just because you have a sharp disagreement doesn't make it a sin. But once you get beyond expressing your personal conviction, then it can become a sin. When does it become a sin? If you just stand around in a spit fight, and you're complaining and you're attacking and you start backstabbing and you start talking about the other person. Listen, if God has given you a deep personal conviction, then your job is to answer that call. Here's what I love. What we're going to see here, Barnabas had a deep personal conviction to give John Mark a second chance. After he got in a sharp disagreement, what did he do? He went on a missionary journey and gave John Mark a second chance. So what is he doing? He's fulfilling his call and what he felt was right. Paul had a deep personal conviction that John Mark was going to slow him down. So what did he do? He took Silas and went on a missionary journey. See, that's the way you should respond when you find yourself in a disagreement. Understand, it's about people and it's about the message. And that's the beautiful thing. If churches and and people and uh, life group leaders and men and women would begin to understand, we can love God with all our heart. These two dudes love God, right? How many of you know Barnabas loved God? How many of you know Paul loved God? Man, I pray that someday I would love God as much as Barnabas. I pray that someday I would love God as much as Paul. But they disagreed. See, that's the cool thing, guys. We can still live in unity and have differences of opinions and have different personal convictions. And so that's the whole idea. Here, here, let me give you principle number four. God will continue to bless everyone if you continue to do the ministry you're called to. God will continue to bless everyone if you will continue to do the ministry that you're called to. What was the ministry in this situation that Barnabas was called to? Give John Mark a second chance, preach the gospel. What was the ministry that Paul was called to? Preach the message, find someone else to go. Which one was blessed? Both of them. Both of them. John Mark... Got a second chance. The gospel was preached. Silas gets on the mission train and ultimately sees people saved. It is a good thing. So God, here, guys, here's what we want to know at Cottonwood Creek is God continues to bless us and bring other people in. Man, we want to make sure that we stay on mission for the gospel. We want to make sure that we continue to do the right thing. And so that's principle number four. God will continue to bless everyone if, circle that word if, we keep doing ministry, And even in tough situations, we can claim uh, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse uh, 28 says, and we know that in all things, God works together uh, to good for those who love Him and who are called according to His purpose. So here's what we see. Since they kept doing their things, let me just give you a thought. When they first started the before and after, here it is. Before this disagreement, there were two dudes, Paul and Barnabas. After this disagreement, Those two dudes become five, everybody say five. Who are the five? Not just Paul and Barnabas, you add to that, you have Paul, Barnabas, Silas, Timothy, and John Mark. So you go from two dudes to five dudes. How many of you think it's better to have five dudes sold out to share in the gospel than two dudes, right? So if you have a personal conviction that causes you to separate, don't sit around in a spit fight. Just continue to say, you know what, God has really called me to do this. And we say, you and I can agree to disagree on this, right? Giving someone a second chance, that's a good thing. Preaching the gospel, that's a good thing. Let's just keep doing the right thing, and God will bless us all. Here, here's, here's the next principle. You ready? Principle number five. If we must separate from one another, let us do it with respect. Let us do it with Respect. Man, what you don't need is Paul walking down the road with Silas and Timothy badmouthing Barnabas all along the journey, right? What does he train them to do? Be badmouthers. Barnabas doesn't need to roll down the road to his next missionary journey complaining about Paul and Silas and Timothy to John Mark. So, whatever you do as you think about it, if you have to separate with someone and you have a deep convictional uh, disagreement with someone, separate with respect. And don't badmouth them because it ultimately tears down the ministry. Here's principle number six our ultimate goal should be our eventual reconciliation and restoration. Even when you have a sharp disagreement with somebody, always keep it in the back of your mind. That you know what? If God wants to put us back together, God can put us back together. And the beautiful thing, that's exactly what we see here. As you come full circle at the end of life, and Paul is eternally grateful that Barnabas did not give up on John Mark. And that's a beautiful thought, guys. If we just keep doing the right thing, and when we separate, we do it with respect, and the next time we see people, that we would, we would treat them with respect, and when we're not in their presence, if we would talk about them with respect. And, and you know, you, it's one thing for you to say, hey, hey, he and I disagree over this, or he and I disagree over that. One of the disagreements that, that I had early in uh, my ministry at Fairview is there, there were a group of King James-only people. How many of you have ever heard of King James-only people? Yeah. There, there, were, there were a couple of young couples in our church that went to a King James-only retreat. How many of you have ever heard of one of those? Where literally, they spent a weekend of their newly married life um, talking, going and studying why King James Bible was the only version that God blessed. And they wanted me to preach it. And and they they were passionate about it. And they would sit there in worship service, disgusted. I mean, it's showing me the disgust. When I would read out of it, at that time, I was preaching out of the New American Standard. How many of you ever heard of the New American Standard? It it is the best translation, my favorite translation. It's not the easiest one to read. But let me tell you what, it's way easier to read the King James Version. How many of you read the King James Version? How many of you... Let's be honest, can you read it and actually understand it? No. No, you can't. Yeah, yeah, I, even the one of y'all were honest. Doug was honest here. Yeah, yeah. Let me just tell you, I'll just tell you, y'all might want to write this down. Very spiritual, I'm a very spiritual. How many of you know I'm a spiritual man? Let me tell you why I don't read or preach out of the King James Version. I'm not smart enough to understand it. I'm just, I just sit there and go, what? Boy, that was kind of pretty, but I'm not sure what that, what thou said. <laughs> And so here's our thought, man. We need to understand our goal should be eventual reconciliation. Jump to the end of Timothy's life. Let me, I mean, Paul's life. He's writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, verse 11. Notice what it says. It says, only Luke is with me. Get Mark, John Mark, and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. He's helping 2 Timothy 4, verse 11. So here Paul is in chains, he's alone, only Luke is there. He says, hey, get John Mark and bring him with you because he's helpful to me in my ministry. How many of you think that uh, Paul was grateful in that moment, in that season, that Barnabas didn't give up on John Mark? Go to Colossians chapter four, verse 10. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus sends you his greeting as does John Mark. Paul never left that prison, by the way, guys. Who's sitting there with him? Dude named John Mark. What's the point? Guys, whatever you and I do, even if we have deep, convictional disagreements, you keep doing what God has called you to do. You do it with respect. And you do it with love. Don't ever, 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 and here's what I want to leave you with. Don't ever, ever, ever stop preaching the message of the gospel. But don't ever, ever, ever write off a man who's fallen off the map. Because God wants both of those to come together for His grace and His kingdom. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. God, thank you for the opportunity to hang out with these dudes and talk about some serious things. And God, let us leave here today. My guess is every person in this room, everyone listening to this podcast, they have a guy in their life that's like John Mark. Kind of pulled off the trail, pulled off the track. It's easy to give up on him. God, I pray that they would give him a call, send him a text today, shoot him an email, invite him. To get back in the game. God my guess is every man in this room. listening to this podcast. Knows someone that they need to share the message of the gospel with. I pray that they would do it. Today. God let us as men. Be about other men. And let us as men. Be about the message of the gospel. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. Have a good day guys. Stay blessed. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. For more information about Cottonwood Creek Church, visit cottonwoodcreek.org. And we hope you come back to listen to future episodes of Men's Bible Study.